My mom told me not to talk to strangers on the internet, but I'm glad I didn't listen. These are some of the certified Nunas, your sisters in love of Asian entertainment. Hi, I'm Jesse, And I'm Natalia. And we're what you would call the murder section. <laughs> yeah, we're the, the murder crime, subunit. <laughs> the, the crime murder subunit of the certified Nunas. And we're here today with a special, there will be spoilers, but the show has been out for quite a few years now, so... Mm-hmm. You've had time. Uh, edition <laughs> of the Certified Nunas. And also, if you stay to the end, will be a super special announcement. Just little surprises. Ooh, a, little, a little announcement for you at the end. A little surprise, something fun. Anyway. I just wanted to like very quickly go in oh. before everything and just say, as a forewarning, we're having like technical issues, but we still wanted yes. to get this episode out. So just think of this as like, your family's yeah. Zoom call. Like, yeah, that's we might sound like robots interview. sometimes, but you know, just just the way like, life is right now. <laughs> as, as sort of like a little aside to this, I don't know why, but no matter what program we use to record, my internet will work flawlessly all day. And no matter what time of day it is, because we are recording at a different time than we normally record, no matter what I do, suddenly the internet is like, oh, I don't know how to internet anymore. Gosh, I wish I could internet. And I'm just like, come on, come on, man. It's always my, it's like this Canadian internet, I'm telling you. After we record this, I'm gonna go lie in bed and it's gonna work perfectly for me to like watch Netflix or something. It's gonna be flawless. Yeah, you'll be able to watch like, sitting- Netflix and YouTube and like be on Twitter oh, yeah. and it'll be perfect. Well, on Twitter, like, listen, have Spotify going, like be, you know, texting my mom, like it doesn't matter. It'll work fine. It'll work perfectly because chaos. Anyway, with that little, it does. It does. Technology is out to get us. I'm telling you. Either that or like a lot of people are just getting off of work and watching YouTube because my town's on uh, quarantine and curfew and there's you know you make good points, but I just like I'm not choosing to believe them. Like this feels like a personal attack. Yeah, it's a personal attack. It's a personal attack. Uh, speaking of personal attacks, today <laughs> we're going to be talking uh, about the drama Save Me, which came out a couple years ago. You can watch it on a Netflix. That's right. It's easy to find. And it is a little bit of a hard watch. I'm going to be honest. There's not a lot of levity going on in this show. It's scary, but not in like like a like a horror serial killer or like you know evil monster sort of way but Mm -hmm. in a oh jesus this could happen sort of way yeah i would say that it's like because it's a thriller um mm -hmm. but it it does have that kind of the essence of a serial killer yeah or where it like serial killers could happen to you type thing yeah still in a like a much more concentrated yeah probably yeah could happen to you before a serial killer way so i think that's yes, where it's sure. like for sure kind of scary uh, and a little it's a lot darker but this is also an ocn drama too yes. so that's something that like if you just generally watch k dramas you should just know if yes. you're going to an ocn drama that's there will be more genre you know <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna see some uh upsetting things you know this little side this actually reminds me so ocn has made i think exactly one rom-com which was uh 
the one with uh, what's his face, our little sweet Sung Hoon. Uh, I forget what it was called, but I remember it's where he plays like a CEO and he has a one night stand with this woman. <laughs> oh, it's and yeah. Three years later, you know. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I just I didn't I just know that remember- was an OCN one. Yeah, it was the only, and I just, and the reason I remember that it was OCN is that before it came out, the ads for it were so funny because there's like, there's a scene where he's like, he's running and he's holding her and she's like splattered in red and it's like, from OCN comes a rom-com and all of a sudden she's like, put me down. It's just like spaghetti sauce or something. And and I was just like, oh, they know. They're so (laughs) self-aware. Beautiful. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> so, OCN's oh, like uh, uh their like um social media team is probably is one of the on, best is on the ball, like is on the ball so good but so I good. like but that that one ad was funnier than the entire drama was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a, I didn't watch it it was like it was okay like it was real okay it's a it's know? an oh yeah I, I mean like I watched it but I think it was one of like the first dramas that I was watching like within it being new because when I started watching yeah. uh, dramas, I wasn't watching new stuff and I was mm-hmm. kind of like only on Netflix. So I think yeah. that's when I started to branch out more and to watch things that were like relatively new and currently airing. And I, I just remember being like, okay, this is fine. Like it's, it's not great, but like, it's not the worst one I've ever seen, you know, but yeah, uh, just that ad, that ad, I just remember that ad being so funny and me just like laughing about it because <laughs> I had watched like a bunch of OCN dramas. And when they were like, we're making a rom-com, I was like, <laughs> you're like, it's like, really? <laughs> like, Is it going to continue now? to be a rom-com? <laughs> like, anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. No, we're, we're here, here to, to talk about Save Me. We're here to talk about Save Me, but we're so, like, listen, we just get so distracted you know. and so, you know, it's, no. that's why, I'm sure that's why people listen, you know. Yeah. Should I give it a brief synopsis of the show, maybe, perhaps? Go, go to town. Because uh, there might be actually some people who are listening to this ha- that have never watched the show and don't mm-hmm. intend to or don't care about spoilers. Uh, so maybe a rundown would be nice. I'm not good at these things, but let's go. So Save Me. We said it came out a couple years ago. I think it's a 2017 drama. I, th- so I think so as well. It's like still kind of within the past couple of years. And it uh, stars a bunch of people. It has like, if you were to like really like put down who it, who the stars of the show would be, you would probably say Zoe G and Tachyon are like kind of the main focus. Yeah, and, um, and what's his face? The, uh, the one from... Oh, Dohan. Yeah, yeah, Dohan. Yeah, but really this is kind of like a, a big cast of characters. And mm. if you actually like sat down and like percentage wise figured out what time, you know, people on screen and stuff, everybody would probably be the same amount. Even like probably yeah. the pastor would probably be the Ooh. actual one who's on it um, oh. the most. But essentially what the story is, it's um, so Yeji's family has come to this remote countryside from Seoul because of monetary issues or something. Family business has gone away what they don't know about this place is that it's been kind of infiltrated uh by this uh religious cult it has mm-hmm. kind of seeped into the entire town it's like um kind of gained a lot of traction and like got a lot of pools in some of the like businesses in town and uh, in the government in town they're unaware of this happening but um 
the cult leader kind of zeroes in on them because they are the new people in town to try to like convert them into coming to this church. And what the drama really is about is this church and this cult and how it functions and how it takes over people's lives and takes the opportunities to take people when they are at their worst. And Mm -hmm. so the biggest incident that happens uh, is that Soyeji has a brother in the show who is hearing impaired. And when they get into town, um, and he has, he's got a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a fucked up leg. Yeah. Um, and when they get into town and they start getting enrolled into the high school, it becomes very apparent that like he's just constantly bullied and it becomes a really big thing. But she's like kind of been his protector in the entire thing. Um, and it all kind of accumulates to all this like bullying to uh, where he actually commits suicide. And it just throws the family into turmoil. And um, that's kind of when the cult actually comes in and kind of grabs them. And uh, there's like a chime jump. You start to realize how the cult has taken over this family, except for Soyeji's character. She's pretty aware of it and she's been actively trying to get out. However, she's with her family and Mm -hmm. the cult leader is kind of like mostly looking at her and they he wants yeah. her as a thing and um where Techyon comes involved is that he's he had like been around near part of the group that like ended up doing stuff to her brother so Yuji's character's brother he sees that she has been taken by this cult and he and his his friends decide that they are going to (laughs) the band of idiots that they are going to get this girl out of this cult. And that kind of, it Mm -hmm. it sounds weird. Like, it sounds like you're like, Oh, this is like some like wacky adventure. It's not, it's just like, I think what like, it's really great about that. Like the dynamic of that trio is that it shows how people can be living in that town and like brush off the church as whatever mm-hmm. and they're they're not yeah. part of it officially like they aren't going attending church and they're not like part of the of what it's happening but they just are not aware of it and then so like these kids are finally figuring out and being aware of what's happening within that cult yeah. in the church and what they are doing yeah what I found really fascinating is that I find like it when you watch a lot of these they really sort of make these you know cults seem like they're almost like supernaturally good at fooling people but no like in this one they don't do that you see exactly how he get how this like pastor in quotation marks and his like two he has two basic like two top followers one who's sort of like his PR face who's this very kind soft-spoken woman and another one who's the muscle of the operation who's the guy who basically beats people into submission and is very creepy just yeah it's all like all three of those of these like head of this church are creepy in vastly different ways but it really Mm -hmm. shows how like this sort of how they you know get the average person so it's like 
you know, they'll do, they'll do things like they have like a deal with the cops so that like drunk people get, that homeless people get sent to them. And then basically they use whatever means to like make them part of their church. And then when they make them part of the church, they make them feel like they're important. And when they make them feel like they're important, they feel like the church is their family. And mm-hmm. if the church is your family, you do whatever you can for your family. So then you do this. So then for this new, you know, this unfortunate family that moves in town, they give them a free house to live in when like because they're the guy's business partner ran off with his money which is why they have you know so they find so he finds like a job working at a farm and the farmer who employs him is a member of the church and is like oh you should go to the church so then they buy him a house and they're like oh it's just you know we had like someone donated this house and you know they said use it for a good deed and it's like oh well why don't you get your kids to come help us with like homeless outreach and then the, they're like oh that's so nice that you care about homeless people so then there's that and then it's like oh you know your son died like let us embrace you as like a family and oh let us you know take care of you and meanwhile this this girl who's who's in grief who's grieving but she's not lost in grief like her parents are is like this dude touched my thigh weird and keeps saying creepy comments to me like this other dude gives me the heebie-jeebies and no one else seems to notice it because you're all just so happy with what these you know you're so amazed that these people are being nice to you and it's like now they want us to move into their compound and she's like guys we should not move into their compound <laughs> like, and they're weird. like maybe we don't do like this. this like I don't like listen I don't want to you know like I, I love you because you're my family but faith healing's not a thing guys like like especially weird ceremonies up here like, yeah um and like well I, I, we didn't talk about was the fact that um, the mother in this situation was like hit the hardest and she's like yeah. to the point of mental breaking down. So she's mm-hmm. really been hit the hardest. And I, and I, I think that Sodiji's character really kind of had sensed that already. Like, and so yeah. she knows that like, she, that like, she needs more help than just the church's hospital help. Yeah. Um, and then, but the, but the father, his way of grieving is to just throw himself completely into this church. And he's like, the only way we're going to survive is through like the eternal creator and his mouthpiece, this white haired priest. And I'm going to become like an, like a head acolyte of this man. You're just like, Oh, this is how they get you. They wait for you to be at your lowest moment and then pretend that they are the only ones who can give you some sort of like sort of escape from the problems that you're going through. And it's just, yeah, it's really hard to watch um, because what they're doing in the show is actually what happens in real life. Like, Mm -hmm. and they do kind of show the drastic like ways to do it because you have this like one could say that like obviously like you would assume that like a cult would be able to take a hold of this family because they're grieving and they're mm-hmm. at their lowest and stuff and and the cult has been providing them with care and comfort and mm-hmm. that sort of thing they also show in other ways throughout the series how it affects them in terms of like yeah you said the the cops and how they are kind of like turn a blind eye to what's going on because like it's 
the the church is helping those people um, but you also see like there's a, a part you see them scouting out people so it's the main mm-hmm. female and she actually this is one of the times she brings out uh so G's character to kind of like get people off the street to come yeah. visit mm-hmm. and it's like not even at a, like anybody's lowest point it would be like maybe someone who is in college and doesn't know what major they want to do or like yeah just a person who maybe doesn't have a lot of money but then you also see that they do target people who do have money so they, they yeah. get more but not, from it's them like, and, and it's like and it's like but not necessarily to become one of the cult members but to like give to the church mm-hmm. leads to the what i found to be the other interesting and very realistic part of the show which is the dichotomy between the two main male like two main male characters which was Tachyon's character and Adoan's character so Tachyon's character's father is the governor of like their area so basically no matter what he does he gets away with it all the time Mm -hmm. meanwhile Doan's character's father is like a drunken like you know unemployed bum and despite the fact that Doan's character is always trying to do the right thing albeit in oftentimes violent ways he he always gets blamed no matter what happens so this is sort of at the inciting incident where the 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 main girl's brother uh, commits suicide he would doan's character was trying to save the brother from the bullies so he gets into a fight with the bullies meanwhile when the cops come after the kid jumps off the building and all this the cops put him in jail despite Mm -hmm. the fact that he was you know and the girl saying no 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 like he wasn't at fault and they won't let him out of jail because the bullies are pressing charges of assault against him and so, but then, you know, the governor, like Tachyon's dad comes up and he's like, oh, you know, um, can't we just like let this all slide? Cause we're going to ruin these bullies bright future, like blah, blah, blah. So we're just going to let everything slide. So like everyone gets let out of jail, except for him who has to stay for a little while longer just to like be rubbed in. Then he gets expelled yeah. from school because of like his violent behavior, despite the fact that he doesn't really have violent behavior. He just punched a face that needed to punched you know what I mean so then he sees the bullies out having a good time at the same time that this kid's funeral is going on and he starts beating the shit out of one of the bullies who then is beating the shit out of him he then gets stabbed by the bully and while pushing the bully off after being stabbed by him they fall down a hill and the bully breaks his spine while he hits a rock guess who gets in trouble the one who got stabbed. Like, so it just shows like, you know, this town, this area that they're in already has sort of a, an environment that this cult is just sort of, it's easy pickings, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, the town's in turmoil. There's there's yeah. a lot of easiness there's a, for this There's cult. a lot of like, you know, disparity that like this cult is able to easily infiltrate mm-hmm. this town by just sort of taking, you know, stock of the political situation, which is how cults work. Yeah. You know, like that's exactly like, that's the only way cults can survive because if cults are too obvious about being cults right away, no one will join you. But if you're like, oh, you're so disenfranchised. Oh, like you're all alone in the world. Like come, come to us. We will we will mm-hmm. take care of you and we're a family and family 
loves each other and family helps each other and family keeps their fucking mouth shut and doesn't you know Mm -hmm. say anything and it's that part that really uh puts it all together uh (laughs) where you know you find out that they're using um less than uh godly means to uh keep people compliant who might otherwise not be it is and i want to touch on that because it's very interesting and it's it the show has an interesting spin on it and i i think it's big interesting that the both of us are talking about this religious drama this way mm-hmm. <laughs> we're yeah we're the uh, we're we're also the atheist line <laughs> yeah podcast which um, makes this so funny that we're like oh this cult is just fascinating fascinating <laughs> um but uh throughout the series you kind of are like kind of struggling with the fact because maybe putting yourself in the position of like if you were there if this what you would you do and like kind of like empathizing mm-hmm. with what's going on and also not having the like want of faith that these characters have yeah. um it's it's kind of fascinating watching this show and and figuring out how they toe the line of the uh, religious side of this and the stuff that's manipulation, but is also caused mm-hmm. by religious things because yeah. uh, the main uh, priest head guy, whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever his title is, you start to see that he actually really does believe in everything that he's yeah. done. He's so and- far into his his own beliefs con and his home yeah. con and I, I guess it's it's part of you know he had to do that for so long to make it realistic you had to be and then it mm-hmm. just kind of took over him because of mental illness and not being addressed and kind of seeing how that plays with this series because there are like sometimes you're like no he's just he's got to know that he's been just like playing everybody and he's not really doing this for for the god he's like praying to but then you start to realize he actually is like he actually believes in what he's like talking about from from what i like sort of got from it like over the like because this this story takes place over like many years like it's yeah i think they're like between like the kid dohan going into college or not college into prison and when Tekion's group kind of starts to see that Soyuji's family is taken anywhere, it might be like a three-year jump or something. Yes. Yeah. So it a- takes place like over like, you know, they're they're adults by the time it ends, right? Yeah. And you get and I sort of you get the sense, like especially from his two other peons, right? The two other people that work with this priest, um, that especially the one who's like his enforcer, that this started out as a con, but now this guy has begun to believe his own story because like he himself has been taken in by his own cult, probably due to some sort of like narcissistic, like megalomania that it's he has. It's gotta be, and it's also but just he gotta has be begun like- to believe the lies yeah. that he came up with. When you have that facade for so long, your sense of identity goes away. And so you start to believe- everything just because you have to because you're at a point where um you're grasping for something because you don't even have identity and so the only way to keep going Mm -hmm. and to have any sort of sense of anything of any sort of sense of like self albeit not a, a real sense of self is to 
embody everything that's going on. And then also if you have any sort of like sense of morals inside of you, those will try to kind of take over what you've done and be like, well, you're doing it because of this. And there's like always Mm -hmm. a reason for it and there, and it's wrong and it's still wrong, but there's gotta be some sort of reason so that you can keep on going on the path that you are and and there's just this point where you're just so far gone that it has to be that way like there's no out like and that's the same with cults just in general too we see that with the two main people that help him out they have different backgrounds and why they actually came into the cult and both of them didn't really come into the cult as some sort of religious pence it was literally because they were escaping being in jail because you find out that the the woman has killed her husband who had been mm-hmm. uh, abusing her uh which is sad you so you see that like mm-hmm. it, her development as a character came from this really sad place but she still came to be a really terrible human being and so yeah and then like you have the other guy who is like in prison already and doing stuff it's kind of also fascinating too, because obviously the cult guy saw that this guy was in prison and he knew that like he had insights in the prison. That's the only reason why he picked him up too. Like it's just yeah. every little bit of this, especially when I keep thinking about it now, it's, it's been a while since I last rewatched this mm-hmm. and I had rewatched or I had watched it like a year or so before. And it's like, every time you think about it, there's just like more involved in the story that you just don't yeah. get in the first and I think there was a lot of people who were kind of asking why we would personally like be okay with a story like this and how dark yeah. it is. And and it's not that we're like personally okay with this happening. No. It's that one, it's in it's fascinating. It is so fascinating. It's fascinating. To me. And two, um, it gives you sort of an insight into sort of manipulative behaviors that you can see in your own life and avoid Mm -hmm. yeah uh and three it's really well acted and well written and it's a good show like yeah story too so like to me it's just so fascinating and so worth watching and the other the other thing i find interesting is that it's not it is and it also isn't a damsel in distress plot Mm -hmm. like i could be watching this oh like a bunch of guys have to like save this girl and it's like no the girl is actively trying to save herself and is being just pulled down by the weight of this entire community that yeah. wants her to be swallowed up by them and also um to become the spiritual bride <laughs> of God. no gross and then at the, and that's the point where you're like oh he's he's horny okay because like when you look into a lot of these like religious cults where it's like this was this was just a dude trying to, to get laid, huh? Like just yeah. huh, interesting. Like, and there's all these women who would probably have sex with him, but no, he needs the young, like attractive girl who doesn't no, gross, gross. But anyway, so the the church is like, oh, you're going to be the bride of God. Like, how wonderful for you. And she's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't sound guy great yeah. to me. <laughs> like that sounds like something that is my worst fucking nightmare that I've been trying to escape mm-hmm. since you've, you know, sucked my whole family into this. And but she really makes the choice herself 
to ask for help, which is, mm-hmm. and I think asking for help is a way of helping yourself. So that, yeah. you know, it's not just like they see this girl who doesn't know any better that she's in danger and have to scale a tower to save her. And it's like, no, she actively participates in her own saving. So she is a strong character. She is a strong female character, but like mm-hmm. her circumstances aren't allowing her to have like the, yeah. the access. And I don't think that like circumstances should negate someone's uh sense of like being a strong character just because she really can't do anything and asking for help is a big step um because she is trapped she not only is like the highest at the church Mm -hmm. so she's definitely trapped trapped in that way but her dad has come Mm -hmm. to a point in his um kind of involvement in the cult that he is actually physically starting to assault her if she isn't doing what they are and the cult at this point has been drugging her mother so she also has that where she can't leave because it would mean her mother would probably die because she Mm -hmm. does start to see that that there's a point in the show you start to see that they are actively murdering people and that's like a thing you know when this always bothers me like when you hear these stories about like women in domestic situations it's like why didn't you just leave and it's like oh this show presents a myriad of reasons why she doesn't just leave it's never just like oh let's pack my bags if she's watched constantly yeah she tries to there are times when she tries to and they and they like pull her back she can't go to the police the police are on the payroll of the cult that's already been like well established she has no friends outside of the cult because they won't let her have friends outside of the cult and she was uh, also she, new that's also a yes big thing. so nobody she knows new. her anyway so she doesn't never have... really had a like a group besides like Tekion her... actually like starting to fall for her when he first saw yeah. her that's that's, that's all it. her connection and then it's like her only friend was her brother her twin brother who is dead her family has basically abandoned her to this cult that, you know, her father deems the cult more important than her, like, and actively works to keep her imprisoned. So it's like, if even when she like goes out on these, like, you know, leaflet giving, helping the poor mission, she's constantly monitored. Mm-hmm. So there's no, she can't, you know, ask anyone for help she can't run away to the police in the middle of the night they'll just drag her right back because the police are in with the church on the payroll and so you're just like there is no way that this that this girl could have like a friggin you know sarah connor tnt pulling out guns moment there's no like it's not that's not the reality of of these situations and that's why a lot of you know people like when you read about these like you know like uh, polygamous cult situations where it's like you know these kids trying to escape where they've been like married off at 14 to like you know a 50 year old man and like who beats them every night and you're just like this is happening for real and it's like that so anyway no it's not a damsel in distress though she she is in distress uh she is doing her best not to be and yeah. asking for help is the way to do it. And a cool thing about that whole kind of scenario is how Tekion and his group kind of comes to be because they really are when they're first kind of trying to get her out, it is mm-hmm. a damsel in distress thing for them. Mm-hmm. And that's when there's that turn and they start to realize how kind of like privileged they were inside the town for not being really affected by everything that they were Mm -hmm. or at least at that point not knowing that they were affected because all of them are affected they just aren't aware of it at the time and through them 
trying to save her, they start to realize this about everything. And it becomes not only they have to save her because it's the right thing to do no matter what it is, but to also kind of like save the town from what's going on because they kind of see what's going on. It's, It's kind of interesting how that group plays, especially because you would think it would be some like they well they are in the very beginning they're bumbling idiot college guys who are best friends and they don't understand the gravity of everything that's going on at that yeah. time when they see her and think she's like caught and everything they kind of like maybe only like assume it as more of like a her dad is being abusive and that's it yeah the change within this group to it being like a realization and a realization for them to turn to use mm-hmm. their privilege in everything to do the right thing for not only her, but everything else, I think is a really great mm-hmm. aspect of this too. The title for this drama is so great. Like, it's just so simple and so great because like mm-hmm. it, it embodies everything about this like thing. It's like the people who are in the cult are trying to find us their, their safety and someone to save them from whatever woes yeah. they have in the thing. Actually, the call for helping out her character is the town save me where, yeah. and I think it also helps lead to them and their various like stories of how they're like um, tied together, especially with like Tekyon and his mother and, and his yeah. father and kind of like that whole resolution and seeing that because he never would have had that like um, epiphany mm-hmm. and understanding of what went on with his mother if yeah. not, he had finally started to stop just kind of just being like, oh, it's that crazy church over there and we're not going to think about yeah. it. Because I think that's a lot of like what happens with cults in general. A lot of people are just like, well, it's not affecting me right now. They believe in something. It's like whatever. And I'm not going to really pay attention because it's not there. Um, and once you start to see how bad it is, that's mm-hmm. when everything kind of changes and, but not a lot of people end up there. Not a lot of people know yeah. about how it's going to be so bad. And so like the story kind of like doing that with like Tex and his like group of friends, mm-hmm. like characters and I think, to kind of I think bring we, uh, out that is give, really great. We got to give a little special shout out to our boy Dewan, uh, the one Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because none of them does more for this operation. Like- Really, he should have been the main character of a lot of this because yeah. he he assumes a new identity and infiltrates the cult and is like looking at the girl like I'm listen wink wink nudge nudge I'm not actually here for the cult okay mm-hmm. I'm here for you and so like he's towing like a really interesting line like the double agent pretending to be a lost college student like looking for you know some something else in his life but really being like I know shit's going down I know how this town works like I know that there's something janky here because he's a really smart guy who just was never really given an opportunity well, that's also life. a thing that, that it shows drastically the privilege that the other three have the other mm-hmm. three have are from like affluent families and they yeah. don't have to deal with it he wasn't he was always with his grandmother who was very poor and he did all of his work for mm-hmm. her he knew what was going on he knew yeah. that the like you know the the lower class families in this neighborhood or in the town were being kind of suckered into mm-hmm. this cult because of that sort of thing so he was actually where well of it and he didn't have yeah. that 
complacency mm-hmm. that the the other three had his character is also in like a really unique position in this mission that they have in that he's the only one who can't who no one knows or gives a shit about mm-hmm. so because by the time you roll around now he's basically alone in the world nobody knows him nobody cares about him so literally it's like the governor's son can't like be like i'm gonna join this church because he has no reason to join this church he would be seen through immediately like the other two are from good families going to college like they're gonna be seen through immediately Mm -hmm. we got this guy who's like i can get in and i'll put on my little clark kent glasses and like you know just go sing hallelujah to the great creator or whatever. And, you know, I can be on the inside and, oh, damn, the show, the show, so many layers going on. I know. And the more you talk about it, the more you're just like, this, sh- like whoever wrote this knew a lot about cults. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can feel the authenticity of it. Like, of course it's like heightened, like a lot of it is heightened, especially like, you know, like that last bit where, you know, they're basically the the main, the priest dude, like, dies in a fire. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, but, like, you can tell he's completely gone insane with his own, Well, that's, a, like, a good point. The, like, I yeah. think that is, like, the final, it being the final scene is that actually, like, your confirmation that he mm-hmm. did he is at the point where he's fully invested in this and it's not just a con it's like he actually believes that he has to be with this girl to do you know god's work work and And it's like he he method he's he's method acted so long that he forgot that it was method acting yeah and so he's believing that he is actually a messenger from god who can heal people with his life water Mm -hmm. and his magic hands and you're just like oh Oh no, no, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, it has to. I mean, this is a drama, so it has yeah, to have it some is, sort it, of There like, has to be something. Like, it can't, it can't just be like, and then he was arrested for embezzlement. Like, no, that's not an, like, after all that, you know. And like, you know, when you look at like how some of these cults end up, that's exactly like they end up, you know, burning themselves alive and they end up. Yeah, it's a know, real thing. Like, it's a know, real. Drinking the Kool-Aid yeah. is, is literally an expression because of an actual cult that poisoned all of its members with poison Kool-Aid because they were going to get onto a spaceship and go to the heavenly planet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Have, heaven's, yeah, heaven's Gate or whatever. And it's like, these are, you know, and these weren't, you know, just a bunch of wackadoos who just like escaped a mental hospital together and were all delusional. Like, no, these were just normal people in bad circumstances who get preyed on by smart people. And, you know, they get manipulated and, you know, no one's really sort of immune to these sorts of manipulations. Like, you know, if if you're at your lowest point, it's very easy to you know get scammed and yeah. these are, you know these cults are basically spiritual scams so i like personally like i'm very like i'm very interested in cults i do find that it's like mm. hard to study them or like look into them a lot because i have like one of my kind of like triggers or something that like i really like don't it like affects me more is kind of a bullying aspect and mm-hmm. if like people preying on weak like that can't help yeah, it, um, which is mm-hmm. essentially what cults do. So it, like, it's 
harder for me to kind of like really invest time in it, but I'm still like very fascinated by like the aspects of it and the psychological aspects of it and how like cults come to be. Cause some of them come to be in ways that are like kind of like really interesting because they actually come from a good place and then they develop mm-hmm. over time. So it doesn't like yeah. what happens in this and save me. Like there are cults, like literal real cults where like, it starts off as a person with good intentions and it kind of devolves and, and yeah, just, what it is. You know, just, a couple, and just a couple hippies, a couple hippies in the wilderness. Yeah. And it just, just want to, you know, they want to do good things. And then someone takes advantage of that. And well, then it's even grows. like, not like it's like yeah. takes advantage of it, but it's like also kind of like just the sense of like purpose and the sense of like people looking to you and becoming kind of like, Uh, like a figure ahead of everything that you never thought you could be and that kind of thing and just like the psychological aspects of it and the mental aspects of it but also like undiagnosed mental issues that could like trigger stuff with that Mm -hmm. it's a whole thing and I think it's really fascinating um but I personally would be really interested and I have no knowledge so can't actually speak on it Mm -hmm. really is kind of South Korea and their issues with cults because the reason we have Save Me and the reason we have like a lot of dramas there is because Mm -hmm. there are strong presences of cults in their society and Um, I I don't know much about it so I can't speak of it obviously I'm not Korean also and I don't don't, want to like speak on it that way but like yeah I think it'd be interesting to to read up on some of the cults that are like actual from Mm -hmm. South Korea and how it applies to this show yeah I know a little bit about South Korean cults like a lot of it are these very evangelical Christian cults that have taken root especially if you're looking at the one that was recently uh in the news because of all the COVID events because they refused to like the members of this church refused to abide by you know COVID regulations and became like super spreaders and then you would find out later that like, oh, the person who was in charge of like setting up, you know, these, you know, rules was actually like a member of this cult. And you're just like, oh my God, no wonder everything went so poorly. And so you see stuff like that. And yeah, like, so they do, you know, just like everywhere in the world does have problems with cults because, you know, as human beings, like, the human mind is incredibly susceptible to these sorts of situations. Mm -hmm. And Basically, you know, a good rule of thumb is if a group of people is uh, sort of offering you something that seems far too good to be true, it probably is. So if a cult saying they can make all your problems go away and if, you know, a, a church, you know, in parentheses is saying like, well, all you have to do to have a good life and, you know, like these cults, like the pay for God cults that they have in the States with the evangelical ones where it's like all of your money woes will go away if you send me $2,000. No, it won't. Like all you're doing is making that person's money woes go away because they're, you're being conned. So to avoid a cult, trust no one. like this is to quote to quote my husband went to journalism school and it's sort of like use a journalistic mind with everything you do and uh, his one his one saying that his professor once said does your mom say she loves you get a second source (laughs) check that out (laughs) so it's like you know you gotta 
you know, you have to, you know, be, be critical of the things, especially when you're at a low point in your life, like, hmm. no. Yeah. No. And, and it's, I like understand it's hard and like, it's actually mm-hmm. a lot more than we can ever like comment on because, you know, some people's yeah. low points really are like the only way mm-hmm. they can be helped is through therapy or someone like actively helping them and that's not Mm -hmm. always the case for everyone and like human beings in general just need a sense of like community and Mm -hmm. I understand how like cults can be that way for someone who doesn't have that um it's just cults are interesting and really sad and just kind of a a really Mm -hmm. fascinating case study and how we as humans get carried away into things and how our minds work and how point A and point B could lead to point C. And I think Save Me is a really good kind of representation in terms of the drama world into that aspect. Um, And it's like, and it's a really good sort of dissection of how a, a cult can exist like in like not in the middle of the wilderness, like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like, it's part of society and it's, it needs those fingers into society to continue to grow. It's sort of, you know, sinister message. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Save Me is amazing. It it's is amazing. Show. It's one it's of my so favorites. Good. If you All haven't watched Kaya. it, all the cast even though is we've fantastic. just, even though we've just told you everything about the show, we but haven't told you everything about the show. We haven't told you everything, and also, you know, um, the writer's really good, so she does or he does a lot better. They do it a lot better yeah. than we could ever yeah. do it, and I really yeah. think the it's, individual or individuals who wrote it are <laughs> yeah. genius. Are great. Um, I really do feel it's it's worthy of mm-hmm. watching, and don't just go into it being like, oh, this is sad or dark drama. There is a lot of hope in it. Mm-hmm. Um, as a side personal note, there's not like actual romance in this drama, which is no. a plus for me, which actually turns out to be really crucial and beneficial for the the story. And it doesn't need it. It, it doesn't need it, it because in the end, like you kind of like start to think that it's like supposed to be, but then you that's when you like are then thrown into this whole thing and you're like no this is not about a story of love for one person it's a story of love and compassion for all people and to get all them people. out of this you know and so it's just a really good and, how, and it's also a story check. about how how love and compassion can be like used against people yeah and it's yeah. fascinating it's a fascinating show jesse yeah i have a question for you okay we've just talked about these various crimes that go on and all this mm-hmm you- do you, do you like crime? Like, not like, like on like a general level, but like stories about crime stories you know, about time to time. I've been known as a person who likes crime yeah. and, and in like, a lot of different like, various ways. You know, and you like watching stories about crime, like reading things about true crime. Yeah. Learning true about or fiction. You know, yeah. Fiction. I'm, I'm we super like, into we it. like that shit. Yeah. I all, you know, and I feel like get me if I'm wrong, that you and I are the same in really enjoying things that are based on real crimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're into the two. I mean, take, we're, yeah. We're into mm-hmm. like, even if it's not true crime, but like, we're definitely into the, the true yeah, crime. But like, you know, like with inspired, inspired by true crime, mm-hmm. I would, I would, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it be like totally crazy? Okay. Okay. Wouldn't it be totally crazy if there were perhaps 
a free to listen to podcast about two people such as you and I who got together to talk about shows based on true crimes and the true crimes that they're based on wouldn't that be wild you know I would be really into that like just to hear us talk about that yes I would be super into it yeah I think that would be well guess what it's time for the announcement because we're making that a reality. Yay! Great, we have a brand new podcast with Jess, Jesse, and myself. It's going to be once a month. It is not a certified Nuna's umbrella. It is its own thing, so it's going to be out, going outside of the Asian entertainment world. Mm-hmm. However, our first episode will take place within the Asian entertainment world, specifically... We're- South Korea, but we're, we're keeping it to our roots for the very first episode. Yeah, for the very first one, and then we're gonna we're gonna branch out. Um, the name of our new podcast is Good Time with Crime, and it is going to come out on the last Thursday of every month. So, if you like true crime and you want to hear about true crime, if you like shows about true crime, you like shows about crime that you didn't know were based on real crimes, uh, you should go check that out it will be available on uh, spotify and apple itunes to begin with as well as anchor and uh it's gonna be a good time it will be we're gonna have fun we're gonna you know i think we're gonna have a lot of fun we probably won't cry we're you know but we're gonna be respectful so that is the good time with crime podcast uh soon to be where all podcasts can be found uh if you want to follow our socials we are good time crime that's good. T- it's just good time crime, right? Good time crime on Instagram good time crime and Twitter. On Instagram and Twitter. I will have and, like uh, all the links and the blog posts and all that good stuff. Yeah. So we would love for you to come uh, listen to our new podcast. It's just once a month. And maybe if, you know, people start to enjoy it, uh, we might do a couple extra, you know, yeah. we might pick up the yeah. pace a little, you know, so, you know we, more crime for us Small, to watch, you know, get easing you into know. it. You know. Exactly, you know. So we will not be, you know, slowing down the pace of the certified Nunas. Do yeah. not worry. The certified Nunas is completely unaffected by this new podcast. Um, Except so, for us, like, right now, like, using certified Nunas time. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and we did, listen, the other, Sky and Amanda are totally cool yeah. with us. We yes, even, don't worry. Shame, doing this shameless promo at the end of a certified Nunas episode. So look forward to that. We've got like the first episode is, ooh, it's a pretty spicy ride. So we're going to give a little, uh, we're going to give you a little taste of, uh, you know, what, uh, what we're going to be about anyway. So thank you for listening to this special episode about Save Me the Show and the special announcement about Good Time with Crime, the podcast. We hope you have a fantastic week and stick around for a little preview of our new podcast. Bye. Bye. a brand new podcast that we're coming up with to talk about true crimes and the shows and movies based upon them. So basically, 
we, the two of us, we have another podcast. If you already listen to the Certified Nunas, you know that we are avid uh, Korean drama and Japanese drama and Thai drama and Taiwanese drama and Chinese drama watchers. And if you're here from the Certified Nunas, welcome. welcome. Hi. No, welcome. Good to see you. <laughs> Thank you for coming to listen to us. But for this one, we wanted to delve more into the other thing that both Jesse and I, oh, by the way, my name's Natalia. I'm Jesse. Yes, sorry, we didn't introduce ourselves. We're gonna do better next episode, I promise. Yeah, we'll try. <laughs> we'll do it, we're doing our best here. So we wanna bring our other passion to light in this new project that we have with the Good Time with Crime. And that is um, horrible true life crimes. Not committing them, we're good people. But, well, mostly, uh, we're, yeah. you know, depends on the day. But uh, we wanna, you know, we like watching shows about horrible things that people have done uh, documentaries movies fictionalized versions we love it so we were like hey we should do that because it's fun and you know we like to have fun <laughs> yeah it will also give us like a different outlet because we have spent a lot of our time mm-hmm. on our other podcast and even though this podcast essentially will still have the kind of the same kind of like time commitment because it, again yeah. it's watching stuff but I feel like with the other podcasts it's just kind of like we are always constantly talking about Asian dramas and music mm-hmm. and then watching them specifically for it and it just became not that it's like a bad place but just became yeah. sort of a something more that you place. we just needed like an outlet to mm-hmm. not talk about that and kind of yeah. dive into especially with like specifically our end yeah. our favorite things and the things that we prefer to watch and it was actually part like some of the I would think the reason why we clicked so mm-hmm. well in the very beginning because we started to realize that like hey, our like viewing yeah. habits like lined up mm-hmm. in ways that weren't really necessarily close to the other two <laughs> yes and that is murder Murder. Big fans. Not like big fans of actual murder. No. But like big fans of murder and TV and learning about murder. Murder yeah, is we real, have an, folks. We have an interest in it. it. Yes, an interest in crime. But I feel like, I mean, especially now, a lot of people have come to the realization mm. that you're not very alone in that. Like, I feel like yeah. earlier it was like kind of taboo. I guess it still is essentially taboo because it is a kind of a really um, a little mm-hmm. gray line where you have to kind of balance and not you want to be respectful and all that but it, I think now it's it's more acceptable to be like hey I interested I, I watch it, yeah. the ID channel all day yeah and I'm fascinated by the reasons why this person did what they did mm-hmm. and sometimes just fascinated by the concept that sometimes there is no reason for what they did yeah yeah and that's even huge. that's even more fascinating as a little background between the two of us as we stated we were on another podcast for over two years now uh, we met on Twitter and are now real in-life person friends. We've been on vacation together, so don't let anyone ever tell you and your online friends aren't real friends. We didn't murder each other, so. No, it was great. We had such a good we time. Here. We went camping, which is like a rife situation for potential Yeah, we were really murder. diving into like, really unknown and terrible mm, consequences, and we yeah. came out okay. We came out fine, and we're still friends, and it all... <laughs> works out great and then you know we just we love talking about murder so we're like 
dude, let's do it. Uh, it's been sort of a long running joke on our other podcast that uh, we're really into murder and uh, this podcast that even the name of this podcast was a joke on an episode of our previous podcast. So <laughs> because we like to have a good time watching crime shows and so good time uh, with crime, which for now will be a monthly show. We will be putting out a new episode on the last Thursday of every month for now. But, you know, who knows what the future brings. If it this, could change. If people, if people enjoy what's going on, you know, maybe we'll pick it up a little bit. Should we, like, actually, like, kind of, like, set up, not necessarily our, like, structure, but mm-hmm. a little bit kind of, like... So, like, the format the, the of what format we're going I feel it like might be a little kind of lost in translation because our aim is to talk about true crime mm-hmm. and to talk about fictional works that were based on the yes. true crime. But we also kind of want to kind of take our background in like just reviewing stuff and using that in terms of kind of a review of the actual work itself. Yeah. Kind of to separate it as like, a review of the the fictional work and then talk about the the crime and then combine it and my cat is really closing herself in here yeah no I was I was I was was watching it happen and trying not to laugh is that all I can see in the corner of my eye I just saw it's a cat's paws (laughs) reaching up and slamming the door she just keeps on shutting it on herself Anyway, what is a podcast without it being chaotic and cats being in the way? So that's essentially what we want to do. We want Mm -hmm. to talk about the show. We want to talk about the crime that it was based on and then kind of compare the two and maybe Mm -hmm. talk about the like differences or the similarities based on what we know of the real facts and what we know of what is presented in the work. Mm -hmm. 